Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk, and this is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of our programming, including this program, are available in podcast form if you can't catch it live. They're at uh, thetrumpet.com, kpcg.fm, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. After Jesus Christ washed his disciples' feet at the Passover, he gave them further instructions. There was more that they needed to do. Christ instituted some things at the Passover for the New Testament church that had not been done previously, and it's important that we understand what Christ was doing because we have to do the same today. God's people must keep the Passover and keep it the way that Christ showed us. Christ instituted these instructions because they have great meaning for us, and so we need to understand them, and we need to understand what Christ was conveying and what he was teaching us. And we have a few passages today, and if you have a Bible handy, please get it out. We could look at these together and make sure that we understand what Christ is teaching us. And the first passage today is in Luke 22. Luke 22, and starting in verse 19. It says, And he took bread, and he gave thanks, and he brake it, and gave it unto them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. And so Christ was showing them some things here that were new and that they needed to understand. Shortly before his crucifixion, Christ instituted a new way of observing the Passover. Christ broke on leavened bread, as we just read about, in order to represent how his own body was about to be brutally beaten and ripped apart for mankind. He broke that bread. Now, it's unleavened bread. It's hard. And so when it broke and it snapped. And Christ was beaten. Now, he did not have a single bone broken, as the Bible says. But his flesh was torn off his bones. He was beaten, scourged. And that was part of his sacrifice. And he was showing that with the breaking of the bread. And then Christ gave his disciples a small amount of wine to represent his shed blood. His blood poured out. Ultimately, a spear was rammed into his side and blood came out. Fluids drained out. It's a gruesome picture, but it is something that we have to remember. We keep the Passover in remembrance of this sacrifice every year. And we have to remember and draw back to mind what Christ did for us and God the Father in allowing that. That sacrifice has great, great meaning for us. And it's our hope. It's the hope that we have that we can repent. We can be forgiven. We can change. We can move forward to live a new way of life. But none of that would be possible without this sacrifice. Notice Romans 3. Let's look at Romans 3, and we'll read a couple of scriptures here. Romans 3 and verse 24, 
It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Now, propitiation is not a word that we use a lot today, but the meaning of it is atonement, especially that of Jesus Christ. An atonement here, propitiation, we're, we're able to claim that sacrifice for the remission of sins that are past, as it says. Now, sometimes people will wonder about the wine. There are some that believe that that shouldn't be uh, consumed, and they have a, a belief on that, but that's not biblical. They did drink wine, a very little bit here at the Passover, for this part of the Passover service. The Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, which is a free course, it's at thetrumpet.com. Please sign up for it if you don't have it already. It notes this. It says, The fruit of the vine Jesus gave his disciples was fermented wine, not grape juice. Some people want to say it was grape juice. It was not. It was fermented wine. It says grape juice could be made only in the autumn and could not be preserved until spring. It was either fermented into wine or else made into a heavy syrup that was used as a sweetener. And this definitely was not grape juice or syrup. In Jesus' day, the Jews used only fermented wine at the Passover. So this was common for them to have. It says the Bible nowhere condemns the drinking of alcoholic beverages, only their abuse. So again, they should not be abused, but using them wisely is not forbidden, and it was used here at the Passover. It says that if we obey Jesus' command, this do in remembrance of me, and that's from 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 25, we will drink a very small amount of wine once each year at the Passover service in remembrance of Christ's shed blood. And so when we keep the Passover, there is a little bit of wine that we do take in, and we need to. And it's important that we do that, because as we've been looking at here, Christ set that example for us, and it pictures his shed blood. Notice John 6 and verse 48, and then we'll read on in verses 52 through 58. Christ was talking here a little ahead of his, uh, his crucifixion. This was a, a little before that time period. But he was instructing um, some people and uh, foreshadowing what was going to happen to him and, and the symbols of the Passover. Christ noted, I am that bread of life. I am that bread of life. And the Jews, verse 52, strove among themselves, as they often did, <laughs> saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So they were taking it literally. and They didn't understand what Christ was saying here. And verse 53, then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. So this is something that has to be done by God's people, they have to take the Passover. Verse 54, it says, Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So they have God's spirit in them, a portion of it, if they're called and they're baptized with the laying on of hands by God's ministry and they've you know repented and have faith. Then they have some of God's spirit and they go to the Passover and they partake in these symbols. They take the bread, they take the wine. 
and they have eternal life. Doesn't mean they'll live forever physically, because as it says here, Christ will raise them up. They'll be resurrected to eternal life. But that eternal God life, that Holy Spirit, it's, it's in them, a portion of it. Verse 55, it says, For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. See, Christ was foreshadowing the sacrifice that he would make for us. And, of course, they didn't understand that. They, they were not, uh, not of a mindset to understand at that point. Verse 56 says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. You know, God's Holy Spirit flowing through a person. Verse 57, As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. And we'll follow Christ's examples. We'll have that mind of Christ, Philippians 2 and verse 5. Through the power of God's Spirit, I'm going to obey God. Verse 58 says, This is, he, this is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, he was talking, you know, to the Jews and talking about their their uh, their tribe. Of course, there was all of Israel, all the tribes there in the wilderness. But he was talking to the Jews, and uh, they they were uh, very much aware of their history that they their ancestors ate manna. He said, "Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever." So Christ was showing them, look, that his sacrifice is essential. It was absolutely essential. And he was explaining a little bit here about some of these symbols, but they didn't understand it at the time. But we, sh- we understand it today. The correspondence course says some people believe that when Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood, or spoke of eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he meant those statements to be understood literally. That the bread and the wine miraculously became his literal flesh and blood. This is not what Jesus meant at all. Now, some people believe that too, and that's not, <laughs> that's not what Christ meant at all. The word is, it says, is, in both Greek and English also means represents. It represents, see, the broken bread, it represents Christ's broken body. The wine, the little bit of wine, represents Christ's shed blood. It doesn't literally become it. It represents it. And uh, that's clear when you look at the meaning of the word is there. It says true Christians must keep the Passover the way Christ instructed. We have to be living like Christ lived. We have to live by every word of God. And a big part of that, of course, is keeping the Passover the way that Christ instructed us to do. And so it's vitally important that we understand these symbols and that we keep it the right way and we keep it on the right day. And there's a lot about that in our free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which, see, people might be familiar with the Passover in a certain way or have heard of it, but they don't really understand when to keep it, first of all, and don't understand what it means, what the significance of it is. And so it's vitally important that we keep it as Christ did. Again, lots of people have lots of different ideas, but what we want to get to is what Christ taught. That's what being a Christian is, living by every word of God, living as Christ lived. And so that's what we're striving to do and striving to understand that and live as Christ did. That's the example that is set forth for us, and the Passover is pivotal. It's pivotal every year. We have no hope. We have no future 
if we don't have Christ's sacrifice and if we don't obey God and move forward using the power of God's Spirit to live as Christ lived, and we have to keep moving forward and becoming more and more like Christ. Again, Philippians 2 and verse 5 says that, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. So we have to have that same mind. And that comes through the power of God's Spirit. So there's a lot of depth to this. and um, But at the same time, it is something that we can understand. And uh, But we do have to study into it. We have to understand it and understand God's plan of salvation for mankind. And that's revealed through the holy days. And uh, Passover is the first step. Notice this passage here in 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. And we'll look at verses 23 through 26. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So this the Passover, what Christ did, and the way he kept it with his disciples, he had his apostles teach as well, and the people did the same thing. See, in the New Testament church, God's people continued to keep the Passover the way Christ instructed. And here Paul is telling them that. In 1 Corinthians, he's saying, look, I'm, I've learned this. Christ taught me this, and I'm, I'm teaching you. I mean, we're doing the same thing Christ did. And so we can see that this way of keeping the Passover, the way that Christ showed, and the symbols that he instituted, that's something that continues today. And uh, there's, this is the history of that, and of course it continues on to our day at this time also. But he says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And we read about that. He took bread. And it's so amazing to stop and just think about the fact that Christ knew and was, you know, showing what was going to happen to him. He knew his body was going to be ripped apart. He knew that his blood was going to be spilled. He was going to die. And it was not going to be pleasant, to say the least. It was going to be a brutal beating and a killing And he understood that, but yet he was so focused on what the Father had for him to do that he could go ahead and institute it, institute these symbols, and show us how to keep the Passover right before he had to fulfill it and he had to be killed that way. You know, there's artwork out there, and again, you shouldn't get into uh, (laughs) representations of Christ and things like that in pictures. The Bible warns against that. It becomes idolatry, of course. But uh, but we've all probably seen them in passing, and they they always depict Christ as weak and effeminate, and then he he's got one little trickle of blood maybe, and they say, well, he died of a broken heart. Or, that sounds kind of you know soft and gentle. This this wasn't a soft and gentle killing. He was brutally beaten. He was beaten. I mean, they called it the half death, the way that people were scourged. You can read more about that. You know, leather. Uh, whips with bone and, and metal and other other shards of sharp things in there that would wrap around and rip the flesh off of a human being. That's That's what happened. And it's not pleasant to think about that, but that's what we have to remember. That's the price that was paid for physical sin. And that's the reason that only God can heal, because only God can forgive physical sin. And then, of course, his blood was just poured out for the remission of spiritual sins. Now, that's not a a sacrifice that we want to take lightly, and it doesn't mean that, well, we don't have to do anything. We can just keep living in sin. No, it means we can repent 
and change and move forward. And if we take Christ's sacrifice seriously, we're going to take sin a lot more seriously too. It's not a small matter because he had to die for sins, every sin, every single one. And so we have to take that seriously. But Christ did this. The night in which he was betrayed, he was betrayed, he took bread. Verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Christ did it for you, and he did it for me. And he says, This do in remembrance of me. You know, we look at all that he went through. We need to do uh, this in remembrance of him every year. Keep the Passover the way that he instructed. Remember what happened and remember what he did and what the Father did in, in uh, allowing that to happen and risking everything. You know, if Christ had sinned one time, he would have died forever. God doesn't compromise with his law. They risked everything. And we have to really understand that and take this very, very seriously. Verse 25, it says, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we drink it once a year at Passover. That's when we have the, the, the wine symbolizing um, Christ's blood. Now, people can drink a little bit of wine in moderation other times of the year, too, but it doesn't represent Christ's blood at that time, only during the Passover. That's when we focus on the blood of Christ and have that little bit of wine to represent that. And he says, do it in remembrance of me, remembering what Christ went through for us and the the penalty for sin and how serious it is. And, of course, when we understand how serious it is and we really are motivated to go to God and repent and change. Verse 26, it says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Christ is returning this time as King of kings and Lord of lords in all power and glory. And we're all looking forward to that if we are striving to obey God. That's what we're really excited about. But we have to remember the price that was paid and what Christ did for us. And he says to do this. Do it. Show the Lord's death. Keep this Passover. Keep it. And then in so doing, we'll be preparing for his return. The correspondence course says, Jesus instituted this ordinance on the eve of his crucifixion. He was about to go through this, and he, he instituted this ordinance. He showed his disciples how to keep the New Testament Passover and commands us to follow that example today. We have to follow that example. We have to keep this Passover. We have to keep it the way he showed us to do it, and we have to keep it on the right day. And we have to keep it with the one true church, the body of Christ. And uh, again, if, if this is something that you haven't heard a lot about or you're not sure about the details, there's a lot more information at thetrumpet.com and in the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course. And of course, you can always write a question in to our personal correspondence department as well, but you can find information about that at thetrumpet.com. The correspondence course continues and says, Jesus did not abolish the Passover. He didn't do away with it. No, not at all. He merely changed the symbols used. Instead of shedding the blood of a lamb and eating its roasted body, we are now to use unleavened bread and wine. 
See, the Old Testament uh, Israel, Old Testament Israel, they kept it in a different way. God had showed them a different way to do it at that time. But when Christ came, he changed the symbols. And so now we keep it with unleavened bread and wine, and we have to understand what that pictures. The unleavened bread picturing the broken body of Christ being torn apart. Forgiveness of physical sin and his blood being spilled that's represented by that that small amount of wine for the remission of sins, spiritual sins. It's a two-part sacrifice, and both parts are essential. And so, again, if you'd like to understand more about the Passover, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course, and uh, there's other literature at thetrumpet.com, too, and it's all free. It's all free. It's just for your education. And uh, we hope you get it and read it and study it and uh, begin to really see more and more about how to keep the Passover and when to keep the Passover. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live by Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.